Hello and welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Good day to you. Today is a Wednesday and it is a sunny spring-like Wednesday. So there's just a good feeling in the air up here in Ithaca, New York. Spring has been very stubborn, very reticent this year, but we are hoping, hoping that spring is finally really going to break through in this middle of May. So we're still, you know, deep into uh, semi-quar, and um, my personal update is ever since the last podcast when I said I really was getting on the bike and exercising and finding focus through the fog, that focus has, has remained and the fog has been kept relatively at bay, and I would say the last week, week and a half has have been... Um, Probably my most positive of these quarantine times. So, personally, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. A few updates. Uh, weatherofthemind.org. You can find some downloads on there now. Also, I've been painting and taking, sharing a lot of my photographs. And it's been really fun connecting with people out on Instagram, my first true foray into social media. So Instagram, same thing, at Weather of the Mind. Please connect and check out what's going on there if you get a chance. I'm delighted that you have decided to spend a few minutes with me, and I appreciate you for that. Today I want to just go through a few images, and they'll kind of come together around the topic of stewardship. I'm calling this episode Stewards and Anti-Stewards. So that's kind of our theme. But I wanted to start with something familiar and very accessible. And that is Richard Scarry children's books. Do you know the Richard Scarry children's books? If you don't know them, it's worth a Google just to see the style of images that Richard Scarry He's basically, or he basically built this world through these children's books. And many of us grew up enjoying these books as youngsters. And this one in front of me that my friends dropped off, thank you very much, from 1968. So I'll have to do a, a full episode on Richard Scarry, and I want to read some of his book. But what's amazing about his books is they're beautifully drawn with watercolors and they have very human settings, but all the humans in the books are portrayed as animals. Pigs and foxes and rabbits and dogs and lions. So it's aesthetically very fascinating. And in a, in a very interesting way, I think one of the more powerful rituals of my youth was chilling out with mom or dad and taking in the Richard Scarry books. Because these Richard Scarry books, they have a, a little bit of text on each page. But it's more about setting than story. It's more about how things work. How things work, like they have something about cutting down forests to make paper. They have a section on steamships. They have a section on farming. How, you know, how is bread made? And it goes through the steps in the process but really emphasizing that there are really key elements that come together, key jobs, key people. In I would call Richard Scarry village-based utopian from a bird's eye view. 
And I think that's really awesome and really valuable. Village-based utopia. Small little villages, small businesses, a lot of pedestrian traffic, a lot going on. But what's interesting and what's making utopian is everyone has their niche. So it's, it's a little bit of a fairy tale. Richard Scarry doesn't go into alcoholism, doesn't go into homelessness, doesn't go into drug abuse. That would be fascinating if he did. And maybe we have to create the new Richard Scarry or maybe not. Maybe there's a value to just this utopian view. Maybe that's calming. Maybe that gives us something to shoot for and a hope for. Wow, everyone's got something worthwhile to do. A little bit of the text from Richard Scarry starts out like this. This is the opening page. We live in busy town and we are all workers. We work hard so that there will be enough food and houses and clothing for our families. Children are workers too. Many children are helper workers. Are you a helper? Come, let us see the many different workers working at their jobs. So then you turn to a page of a village and you have... All these people, and you could see in the windows the watchmaker, the newsstand, the photographer, the phone operator, an artist painting a picture, a story, a poet writing poems, a shoemaker. So there's something very, very village, very romantic about this landscape, but it's really, there's something also about the view. You're never really on street level, you're always kind of a bird's eye view I feel on a lot of these scenes you're kind of seeing them from a little bit of afar it sort of reminds me of in the book I wrote the weather of the mind in that book I talk about going to a hilltop and just seeing or going to an urban hilltop a parking garage going up to the top and stepping out of the first person narration stepping out of your street level view and getting getting up to that bird's eye view and looking out on the expanse because when you look out of the expanse you can see many buildings many offices many restaurants perhaps many homes you kind of are dwelling in the collective story instead of your own a little bit and there's a bomb there's a calmness there's a connectivity and there's a relief in that it probably relates, probably my love of these things relates to my love of porches. And my current porch is a second story porch. And a second story porch is almost a perch. It gives you a great vantage. I've lived in a lot of apartments. Few of my favorite have been second story apartments where I can look out my window into the intersection or look up down my window into the street. When you sit on the porch or when you look out your window and you kind of just get calm for a little while and just enjoy that view for 15, 20, 30 minutes, an hour. In an urban sense, you're kind of sitting by the river. Sometimes we're in the river and we're swimming and we're negotiating. We're in the river. But sometimes we can crawl up on shore, find a tall spot, and look out into the river. And the river is... People walking, people walking to the grocery store, someone biking, cars passing, two people biking together. So this scene, this story takes place on my porch. Well, the vantage of my porch. But I'm looking down at my little, my little village, my little, little urban river flowing by my place. 
And this is a sunny day last week, one of those days where people are feeling good. Spring is in the air. It would then go overcast for much of the week. But last, I think, Wednesday was really sunny and beautiful. And I was sitting out on the porch and I was watching, just watching. There are some sparrows who have nested close by, uh, close by my porch, and it's fun watching them. It's fun just seeing what insects pass by. And as I'm watching this, I'm looking down the street, about, you know, equivalent of four or five houses down the street. And there's a car that just going down the street. This is like, you know, people go 25, 30 mile an hour down the street, 20 mile an hour. It's a, it's a quiet street, you know, relatively quiet. And this person, I can't see the person, but I can see a white bag, like a, a fast food takeout bag. And I can see them take this bag. The white bag kind of flashes through the windshield as they were driving towards me slowly. And I can see them just take this bag and just throw it out the window. Right in the middle of the street, this white bag that they probably just got. It's seemingly a fast food restaurant type of bag. Just this beautiful day. We don't, we don't have a lot of litter on our street. But this person, for some reason, just throw this out the window. Right there in the middle of the street. So you have this street now, this empty street, and there's this white bag sitting in the middle of the street. Very peculiar. I don't understand exactly the psychology of this. But maybe we can, we can, tell me what you think. Tell me, why do people do this? It's clearly not negligence. They, they could have thrown this out later. They could have left this bag in their car. There's something, there's something deeper there. Maybe more sinister. What's going on in the psychology of that? Why do you want to just literally trash, trash the world, trash the street, trash your city? I, I don't know. So I'm pretty fired up and kind of upset and I just like, what's wrong with people? What's going, ah, you know, you know the feeling. And I'm put, I, I, you know, I I don't rush out to pick up the garbage bag. I just kind of want to, I feel like I'm watching a story. I want to see where this goes. If I go outside in a little bit, I'll go out and pick it up. But for now, I'm just going to sit on my porch, just chill out and see what happens. There's a lot of regulars who walk down our street, people I know by sight. I've maybe never talked to them. I've maybe never met them on the street, but I see them, especially people who walk their dogs. And about pretty much a few down the block, you know, three or four spots down, there is an old person's home, like a big home, three or four stories, probably 200 residents. And so there are some quite old people who walk up and down my street. Real gray-haired octo-nonogenarians, perhaps. And there's this one lady who I always appreciate because she's a very distinct character. She often wears a red coat all winter. And she has a very classic gray granny afro. Almost white. A gray-white granny-like afro of sorts. You know, a very typical 90-year-old haircut and she's she's become quite slight maybe she's only 90 100 pounds and she walks so slowly so slowly it might take her shoot a minute two minutes to pass by one house and part of it is 
she has a walker and she's holding a leash in one in her hand and she's not in a rush and her little dog is not much of a rush either. Her little dog is interesting. Little poodle, same basically same hair as as the older lady. There's sort of this you know natural match to some of these poodles and, and old ladies. I feel like some dogs, like the dogs always they, they seem to think that like they're part of the family because they are. But poodles and old ladies who share that same hairstyle, I feel like there's like some sort of basic animalistic kinship there. And this lady seems like one of those ladies. So she's walking down. I see her walk down across the street. And again, this is the river of life. You have cars going by rapidly. You got bikes going by. You got people walking by at fast pace and slow pace. But she's one of the slower movers. She's kind of like a turtle and her little buddy just slowly passing by. So she walks down the street slowly, house by house. I see her over a five-minute period across the street. And then she'll cross the street onto my side. And she'll kind of disappear out of sight under my porch. But then she makes it down the street a little bit further. I can see her, especially if I am sitting on the porch, you know, closest to the edge. And I see her go down back towards her house. And then... I see her start to walk out, look left, look right, and start to walk out into the middle of the street. And this lady walks really slow. She, her crossing the street is a little bit stressful for me. It takes a lot of time. But she's got a bright red coat on. She, she and her bright white hair. She's pretty up. And her walker and her dog. So she's, she's a force unto herself. So she walks out into the middle of the road to pick up this bag of trash. And again, she's she bare hands it, she puts it in her walker. She's not thinking about, oh my gosh, it might have corona germs on it. She didn't sit on the side of the road and debate. It was instinctual. It was part of her makeup to go into the street and pick up that trash. And I presume, you know, bring it back home and throw it out. And this really struck me, the contrast between the car, this, this heavy, big vehicle, and this person throwing their trash out the window, compared to this little old lady and her poodle. Stewardship. Stewardship, stewardship as I've mentioned before, stewardship comes from the old English Stig, meaning house or hall. Word, meaning to keep safe or to guard. Steward, stig word. Steward, keep safe, keep the house safe. Keep an eye on, guard over, look over. When we talk about our society, we talk a lot about freedom. We don't talk a lot about responsibility. We don't talk a lot about ownership. But it's kind of up to us. What are we stewards of? Are we stewards of the bar when we're bartending? Are we stewards of the restaurant when we're a waiter? Are we stewards of our family when we're cooking dinner? How do we look over? How do we, how do we guard and keep safe the hall? And isn't this the most essential, one of the most essential parts of our being? 
And this is what helps us connect to something bigger than ourselves. If we're only stewards of ourself, if we're only thinking about ourselves, it's, it's tough. It's lonely. But if we think, nah, it's just not just me. I take care of this, this neighborhood. I keep an eye on this neighborhood. This is part of me. This is, I'm a steward of this neighborhood. I'm a steward of this block. I'm a steward in my household. Steward to keep watch over. So let's think about steward. Let's think about where we're stewards and how we're stewards. And let's think about anti-stewards. And what, what makes someone want to come onto our block or our neighborhood or their neighborhood or their block and just trash it, just neglect it, just throw their trash in the street? What, what is that? What is that? I'm going to leave it there for now. Let me know what you think. You can always shoot me an email, weatherofthemind.gmail.com. You can drop a note out through the website. What do you think about stewards? Stewardship, anti-stewards. Uh, give thanks for porches and perches. Being on a porch is like it's like being on a road trip. On a road trip, you're sitting, you're sitting in your car or you're sitting on a bus and you're moving through the world. But on a porch, you sit still and the world moves around you, by you. That urban river of life. Urban rivers, urban creeks, ebbs and flows, all kinds of characters. Richard Scarry, utopia, dystopia, what's in between utopia and dystopia? I don't know. Stewardship, anti-stewardship. I hope this is a good food for thoughts. Please stay hydrated. Try to take care of yourself as good as possible. Exercise. Exercise will save your spirit. Sing, dance, keep flowing. Rivers all around us, rivers flowing through us. Be well. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.